I'd like to, sorry for the delay, everybody. I'd like to now welcome our next speaker, uh, Mr. Sultan Hosseini, CFE Training and Education Director, ACFE Lebanon, presenting on the topic, Spotting Red Flags, Detecting and Preventing. Over to you, Sultan. Thank you so much. Uh, hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning into my presentation for today. Today, in this 15-minute presentation titled Spotting uh, Red Flags, I'll be showing you how to think like a medical doctor and become what I call a corporate doctor. So let us kick off this journey. As all medical doctors practice medicine, they sit with their patients to understand what the symptoms they are experiencing and to learn more about the patient's medical situation. Plus, they require a bunch of medical tests, blood tests, pressure tests, pressure, blood pressure measurements, x-rays, and whatever. Whatever tests that help them uh, detect what's happening. So what, why, do, do they, why do they do that? It's for one objective, which is to understand what's happening with the patient's body and to build a solid understanding of the medical case based on those symptoms and the results of those tests. That's the same in the corporate world. And we as corporate doctors do the same. When I say corporate doctors, we're talking about financial professionals, internal audit professionals, AML, fraud examiners. We get tips from whistleblowers. We run financial ratio analysis. We interview managers and staff members. We do, we use other also other tools that helps us understand what's happening inside the company. Specifically, understanding those symptoms that the company is showing in a form of a red flag. You'll ask me, Sultan, why do you need to understand and identify those symptoms, or in other words, those red flags? Will those red flags help us lead, will, will, uh, sorry, will those red flags lead us to the problem, to the root cause of the problem? My answer is very simple, yes. We all need to consider every single red flag and that's very important because that might end up discovering a major problem that no one knew about it before in the company. Okay, in the next slide, I'll be sharing with you some interesting statistics about occupational fraud, specifically in the MENA region, uh, since it's a focus, uh, since our focus for today's conference. Uh, the presented statistics you are seeing now currently on your screen is extracted from ACFE's Association of Certified Fraud Examiners uh, report, report to the nation, 2020. That's a global study that examines, uh, that examined 2,504 cases of occupational fraud reported from 125 countries throughout the world. We have out of those 2,500 plus countries, 127 cases from the MENA region. And based on those 127 cases, you are reading the current uh, statistics and uh, studies. So, uh, and it, this study is very detailed. For time considerations, I'm sharing with you here on the slide a couple of those uh, 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 statistics and findings. So feel free to reach out to me after the presentation to share with you the whole document. Let's start with the cost of fraud. As per the report, as you can see, organization's median is $100,000 with an average loss, which is approximately $1.3 million. Are you imagining how costly is fraud? And it's not only when it comes to financials. It takes an average of 12 months for a fraud to be, to be detected within the MENA region. That's also a lot of time. So it's money and time. As per the report also, the most common method by which the fraud is detected is tips, where uh, it, it, uh, it ranked with 46%, where tips were reported by employees, vendors, and other whistleblowers. 
Also, what's interesting, and the report had mentioned and highlighted, it's that organizations that implement entity-wide fraud awareness training had was able to cut fraud losses by 55%. That shows how prevention is important and is key. As you can see on the presentation, the last two points, uh, I'm talking here about top three. The top three frauds that had hit organization in the MENA region are corruption, uh, non-cash fraud, and last but not least, it's the skimming, plus other several, other several fraud schemes, but those are the top three. Whom are the uh, industries that are victimized by fraudsters within the MENA region? Uh, ranked number one, banking and financial service with 24%, energy 11%, manufacturing 9%. As you can see, numbers speak out loud. Those statistics are pretty scary, to be honest. Fraud is to be considered one of the most challenging risk corporations are facing nowadays. And the failure to learn from such studies is a major reason why, despite all new technology, new technological advances implemented in our companies, and with all the qualified staff hired in our companies and departments, we still hear of fraud and many laundry incidents happening nowadays all around the world, and specifically in the MENA region, more than ever before. My objective of sharing such statistics is to raise your awareness on the impact of fraud and, direct, and a direct message to decision makers out there that view fraud losses as a cost of doing business and not giving it the needed attention. Let me be straight. Fraud is very serious. You need to keep that in mind. And I do highly recommend that everyone to consider fraud as a criminal loss and think seriously about putting in place a well-integrated prevention and detection systems instead of spending massively on marketing to gain more revenues and build a great reputation and a brand in the market. Because guess what? In one single fraud incident, those revenues that you have gained might vanish in seconds. And this brand and reputation that you have built so hard will be destroyed in a blink of an eye. Moving forward. How a company can deal with fraud says a lot about it and provides a strong signal to stakeholders, employees, customers, vendors, and regulators out there. How strong are the internal controls? How are they easily circumvented? Does, does this company have a strong ethical culture? Uh, do they have a culture that does not tolerate fraud? Many questions can be asked and many things can be considered when it comes to fraud. And you need to keep a note, and here I need to note something on the side. Everyone only focuses on money and numbers, but financial losses are just one part of the adverse consequences of fraud. So you need to be careful. Okay, let's go back to the medical doctor story that I have started my presentation with. So when the doctors identify the illness, he or she prescribes needed medications or plan a surgery for certain medical intervention, or might even also recommend frequent visits uh, for the, to the doctor, him or herself, for closer follow-up. We need to learn from those medical practices. We, don't, we, only, we, not, we do not only need to detect the risks, and specifically fraud risks, that the corporations are facing nowadays, but also understand why those risks exist and how to mitigate them and reduce their impact in case they occurred by giving the proper recommendations and conducting the needed follow-up. To cut it short, I do believe that we all agree that no single corporation or organization is immune to fraud virus. Yes, 
it is a virus that's spreading all around, all around the world and all our organizations. Moving forward, I always ask a very interesting question when I'm meeting with decision makers uh, for a purpose of understanding their, fraud awareness, their awareness towards fraud risk. And I ask them, do you believe that your organization or department is immune to fraud? And guess what? A lot of them confidently answer me that fraud does not exist in their departments or organizations, and they are sure that fraud incidents is not going to happen in the future. Saying that, I'm sharing with you here on the screen a couple of misconceptions, misconceptions sorry, that many managers out there think that fraud virus might not exist in their organization. As you can see, number one, having a code of conduct in place is enough to create the needed ethical culture. That's one of the biggest misconceptions where, they, where people or managers and decision makers assume that the presence of a code of ethics or a code of conduct, also known as a code of conduct, printed on papers and distributed to all, empl all employees is enough to prevent fraud. That's, that's a misconception. Having a code of conduct typically has very little to do with fraud and nearly not all organizations have code of conduct put in place. And here I also need to highlight something very important, that the vast majority of the code of conducts in your corporations within the MENA region does not, even the, does not even contain the word fraud. I would ask you all to go check if a fraud, the word fraud is there in the code of conduct. Misconception number two, having qualified compliance team and very aggressive internal audit department is enough to ensure zero fraud risk. That's another huge misconception. Those professionals, I'm talking about compliance officers, internal auditors, accountants, treasurers, security staff, you name it, all those professionals that work in the company, yeah, they work in their departments, but are they qualified and trained to detect and prevent fraud? No. And having them part of the company doesn't mean that fraud risk is mitigated and doesn't mean that it's controlled to an extent that it would be zero. So organizations should focus more on providing those professionals with the needed knowledge and training to focus more on, on fraud prevention and detection. And trust me, Never take anyone for granted. Fraudsters attack when they believe the timing is perfect for them and you wouldn't even expect it. Okay, as you can see from the title, it's a COVID-related uh, title, uh, but this time we're testing positive for fraud virus, as you can see. On the slide, I will be talking more about uh, detecting management fraud, which uh, I don't think it's taking that much attention by uh, fraud examiners and it's not highlighted that much. So here I'm sharing a couple of red flags. It's a partial list of uh, hundreds of uh, red flags related to management fraud. Fraud without any discrimination affects all types of organizations and regardless of the size, the industry, the geographical location, it does not distinguish between the public and private. It does not consider how successful is the company. It does not consider the type, the number of employees and the uh, number of years it's been in business. So fraud risk would never be zero. We need to keep that in mind. For time considerations, I'm gonna share and read a couple of those uh, red flags. And I think many of you here on the call are just nodding, reading those uh, like 
management decisions dominated, let's read the first point, management decisions dominated by an individual or a small group. I think many of you agree with me, that's a red flag. Uh, managers' attitude uh, about accounting are very aggressive. I can see many people also nodding. Also, when managers and employees being evasively responding to audit inquiries, also when managers engage frequently with disputes with auditors, and many other red flags, as, as you can see on the screen. Those are red flags. We have hundreds of known red flags for different fraud schemes, and not only for management schemes. We have employee schemes, we have other different schemes. So we need, to, we need to keep an eye on those red flags. Switching gears, let's all agree on the fact that when it comes to fraud, there is no one magical solution. However, we need to take prudent measures that helps us reduce the risk of fraud but, and, and increase the chance of preventing and detecting it much earlier. I'll just give you an example. Uh, where a study in ACFE, uh, according to a study in ACFE, the typical fraud takes around worldwide, takes around 18 months to get discovered. And sometimes it gets undetected even longer. I'm talking, for example, about fake invoicing for the payments of, uh, for payments of fictitious goods and services or even inflated invoices. Such schemes take 24 months. I'm talking a period of two years. Imagine how, difficult it is to catch fraud. So you need to keep in mind that perpetrators may begin small, but over time, they may perfect his or her skills so that they have larger frauds be executed. So a key lesson, a key lesson from this slide, you need to keep your eyes wide open on those red flags and to consider every single symptom. As we've talked about detection, let's talk a little bit about prevention. Spotting red flags is important, but it is considered a standalone defense system against fraud. Thus, it is effective to have an integrated fraud prevention and detection strategy. Internal controls alone is not sufficient to ensure, to ensure a well-designed control system for an optimal fraud prevention. So we need to have an integration between detection and prevention. Here on the screen, I am sharing with you a couple of preventive uh, uh, methods or tools that we can use. We have a big list for different also fraud schemes. As you can see, we need to we need to create a strong ethical culture starting from the tone at the top. We're talking about an effective and strong solid internal control system. We're, we're talking about installing uh, fraud detection systems like fraud uh, analytic tools. We're talking about training uh, our employees and our departments, head of departments uh, for fraud prevention and detection. We need to implement an effective hotline, uh, hotline, uh, hotline tool for our employees so they can use to report unusual activities without the fear of retaliation. Um, there's also a big list. We're talking about conducting fraud risk, fraud risk assessments. We're talking about an organizational structure where internal auditors can directly report to the audit committee and to the board without being controlled by management and many other prevention tools. For time considerations, I'm gonna stop here and conclude by saying, it is very important to create an integrated detection and prevention anti-fraud strategies. That's the only solution to reduce fraud risk. In the end, I would like 
to thank everyone's attention for taking the time and being with us here today on this conference. If you have any question, please reach out to me on the mentioned social media, Instagram, Twitter, or uh, or scan the QR code uh, on the screen. I would also like to invite you to listen to my podcast, The Let's Talk Fraud. This podcast uh, is there. I share information with listeners to, to highlight and give an insight into the world of fraud schemes, fraud schemes, fraud schemes, sorry, uh, giving tips on how to prevent, detect, and take action. You can find it wherever you get your podcast. One last piece of advice before I end my presentation and give the mic back. Keep your eyes wide open. Fraudsters are out there waiting for the perfect timing to attack. So be prepared. Thank you again for your attention. I'll handle back the mic to the event moderator. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sultan, um, for all your time and your presentation. We will be moving on to our...